Section 1 of Captain Singleton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. That's L I B R I V O X dot org. This recording by Dennis Sayers. The Life, Adventures, and Piracies of Captain Singleton by Daniel Defoe. As it is usual for great persons, whose lives have been remarkable, and whose actions deserve recording to posterity, to insist much upon their originals, give full accounts of their families, and the histories of their ancestors, so that I may be methodical, I shall do the same, though I can look but a very little way into my pedigree, as you will see presently. If I may believe the woman whom I was taught to call mother, I was a little boy of about two years old, very well dressed, had a nursery maid to attend me, who took me out on a fine summer's evening into the fields towards Islington, as she pretended, to give the child some air. A little girl being with her, of twelve or fourteen years old, that lived in the neighborhood. The maid, whether by appointment or otherwise, meets with a fellow, her sweetheart, as I suppose. He carries her into a public house to give her a pot and a cake, and while they were toying in the house, the girl plays about with me in her hand, in the garden, and at the door, sometimes in sight, sometimes out of sight, thinking no harm. At this juncture comes by one of those sort of people who, it seems, made it their business to spirit away little children. This was a hellish trade in those days, and chiefly practiced where they found little children very well dressed, or, for bigger children, to sell them to the plantations. The woman, pretending to take me up in her arms and kiss me, and play with me, draws the girl a good way from the house, till, at last, she makes a fine story to the girl, and bids her go back to the maid, and tell her where she was with the child, that a gentlewoman had taken a fancy to the child, and was kissing of it, but she should not be frighted, or to that purpose, for they were but just there, and so while the girl went, she carries me quite away. From this time, it seems, I was disposed of to a beggar woman that wanted a pretty little child to set out her case, and after that to a gypsy, under whose government I continued till I was about six years old. And this woman, though I was continually dragged about with her from one part of the country to another, yet never let me want for anything, and I called her mother, though she told me at last she was not my mother, but that she bought me for twelve shillings of another woman, 
who told her how she came by me, and told her that my name was Bob Singleton, not Robert, but plain Bob, for it seems they never knew by what name I was christened. It is in vain to reflect here what a terrible fright the careless hussy was in that lost me, what treatment she received from my justly enraged father and mother, and the horror these must be in at the thoughts of their child being thus carried away. For, as I never knew anything of the matter, but just what I have related, nor who my father and mother were, so it would make but a needless digression to talk of it here. My good gypsy mother, for some of her worthy actions, no doubt, happened in process of time to be hanged, and as this fell out something too soon for me to be perfected in the strolling trade, the parish where I was left, which for my life I can't remember, took some care of me, to be sure, for the first thing I can remember of myself afterwards was that I went to a parish school, and the minister of the parish used to talk to me to be a good boy, and that, though I was but a poor boy, if I minded my book and served God, I might make a good man. I believe I was frequently removed from one town to another, perhaps as the parishes disputed my supposed mother's last settlement. Whether I was so shifted by passes, or otherwise, I know not. But in the town where I last was kept, whatever its name was, must be not far off from the seaside. For a master of a ship who took a fancy to me was the first that brought me to a place not far from Southampton, which I afterwards knew to be Bustleton, and there I attended the carpenters, and such people as were employed in building a ship for him. And when it was done, though I was not above twelve years old, he carried me to sea with him on a voyage to Newfoundland. I lived well enough, and pleased my master so well that he called me his own boy, and I would have called him father, but he would not allow it, for he had children of his own. I went three or four voyages with him, and grew a great sturdy boy, when, coming home again from the banks of Newfoundland, we were overtaken by an Algerine rover, or man-of-war, which, if my account stands right, was about the year 1695, for you may be sure I kept no journal. I was not much concerned at the disaster, though I saw my master, after having been wounded by a splinter in the head during the engagement, very barbarously used by the Turks. I say I was not much concerned till, upon some unlucky thing I said, which, as I remember, was about abusing my master, they took me and beat me most unmercifully, with a flat stick on the soles of my feet, so that I could neither go or stand for several days together. But 
My good fortune was my friend upon this occasion, for as they were sailing away with our ship in tow as a prize, steering for the straits, and in sight of the bay of Cadiz, the Turkish rover was attacked by two great Portuguese men of war, and taken and carried into Lisbon. As I was not much concerned at my captivity, not indeed understanding the consequences of it, if it had continued, so I was not suitably sensible of my deliverance, nor indeed was it so much a deliverance to me as it would otherwise have been, for my master, who was the only friend I had in the world, died at Lisbon of his wounds, and I being then almost reduced to my primitive state, that is, of starving, had this addition to it, that it was in a foreign country, too, where I knew nobody, and could not speak a word of their language. However, I fared better here than I had reason to expect, for when all the rest of our men had their liberty to go where they would, I, that knew not whither to go, stayed in the ship for several days, till at length one of the lieutenants seeing me inquired what that young English dog did there, and why they did not turn him on shore. I heard him, and partly understood what he meant, though not what he said, and began then to be in a terrible fright, for I knew not where to get a bite of bread, when the pilot of the ship, an old seaman, seeing me look very dull, came to me, and speaking broken English to me, told me I must be gone. Whither must I go, said I? Where you will, said he, home to your own country, if you will. How must I go thither, said I? Why, have you no friend, said he? No, said I, not in the world, but that dog, pointing to the ship's dog, who, having stolen a piece of meat just before, had brought it close by me, and I had taken it from him, and ate it, for he has been a good friend, and brought me my dinner. Well, well, says he, you must have your dinner. Will you go with me? Yes, says I, with all my heart. In short, the old pilot took me home with him, and used me tolerably well, though I fared hard enough, and I lived with him for about two years, during which time he was soliciting his business, and at length got to be master or pilot under Don Garcia de Pimentesia de Caravallas, captain of a Portuguese galleon or carrack, which was bound to Goa in the East Indies, and immediately having gotten his commission, put me on board to look after his cabin, in which he had stored himself with abundance of liquors, sucades, sugar, spices, and other things for his accommodation in the voyage, and laid in afterwards a considerable quantity of European goods, fine lace and linen, and also bays, woolen cloth, stuffs, etc., under the pretense of his clothes. I was too young in the trade to keep any journal of this voyage, 
though my master, who was, for a Portuguese, a pretty good artist, prompted me to it. But my not understanding the language was one hindrance. At least it served me for an excuse. However, after some time, I began to look into his charts and books, and as I could write a tolerable hand, understood some Latin, and began to have a little smattering of the Portuguese tongue, so I began to get a superficial knowledge of navigation, but not such as was likely to be sufficient to carry me through a life of adventure as mine was to be. In short, I learned several material things in this voyage among the Portuguese. I learned particularly to be an errant thief and a bad sailor, and I think I may say they are the best masters for teaching both these of any nation in the world. We made our way for the East Indies by the coast of Brazil, not that it is in the course of sailing the way thither, but our captain, either on his own account or by the directions of the merchants, went thither first, where at All Saints Bay, or, as they call it in Portugal, the Rio de Todos los Santos, we delivered near a hundred tons of goods, and took in a considerable quantity of gold, with some chests of sugar, and seventy or eighty great rolls of tobacco. Every roll weighed at least a hundred weight. Here, being lodged on shore by my master's order, I had the charge of the captain's business, he having seen me very diligent for my own master, and, in requital for his mistaken confidence, I found means to secure, that is, to steal, about twenty moidores out of the gold that was shipped on board by the merchants, and this was my first adventure. We had a tolerable voyage from hence to the Cape de Bona Speranza, and I was reputed as a mighty diligent servant to my master, and very faithful. I was diligent indeed, but I was very far from honest. However, they thought me honest, which, by the way, was their very great mistake. Upon this very mistake, the captain took a particular liking to me, and employed me frequently on his own occasion, and, on the other hand, in recompense for my officious diligence, I received several particular favors from him. Particularly, I was, by the captain's command, made a kind of a steward under the ship's steward, for such provisions as the captain demanded for his own table. He had another steward for his private stores, besides, but my office concerned only what the captain called for of the ship's stores for his private use. However, by this means I had opportunity particularly to take care of my master's man, and to furnish myself with sufficient provisions to make me live much better than the other people in the ship, for the captain seldom ordered anything out of these ship's stores, as above, but I snipped some of it for my own share. We arrived at Goa in the East Indies 
in about seven months from Lisbon, and remained there eight more, during which time I had indeed nothing to do, my master being generally on shore, but to learn everything that is wicked among the Portuguese, a nation the most perfidious and the most debauched, the most insolent and cruel of any that pretend to call themselves Christians in the world. Thieving, lying, swearing, forswearing, joined to the most abominable lewdness, was the stated practice of the ship's crew, adding to it that, with the most insufferable boasts of their own courage, they were, generally speaking, the most complete cowards that I ever met with, and the consequence of their cowardice was evident upon many occasions. However, there was here and there among them that was not so bad as the rest, and, as my lot fell among them, it made me have the most contemptible thoughts of the rest, as indeed they deserved. I was exactly fitted for their society indeed, for I had no sense of virtue or religion upon me. I had never heard much of either, except what a good old parson had said to me when I was a child of about eight or nine years old. Nay, I was preparing and growing up apace to be as wicked as anybody could be, or perhaps ever was. Fate certainly thus directed my beginning, knowing that I had work which I had to do in the world, which nothing but one hardened against all sense of honesty or religion could go through. And yet, even in this state of original wickedness, I entertained such a settled abhorrence of the abandoned vileness of the Portuguese that I could not but hate them most heartily from the beginning, and all my life afterwards. They were so brutishly wicked, so base and perfidious, not only to strangers, but to one another, so meanly submissive when subjected, so insolent, or barbarous and tyrannical when superior, that I thought there was something in them that shocked my very nature. Add to this that it is natural to an Englishman to hate a coward, it all joined together to make the devil and a Portuguese equally my aversion. However, according to the English proverb, he that is shipped with the devil must sail with the devil. I was among them, and I managed myself as well as I could. My master had consented that I should assist the captain in the office as above, but as I understood afterwards that the captain allowed my master half a moidor a month for my service, and that he had my name upon the ship's books also, I expected that when the ship came to be paid four months' wages at the Indies, as they, it seems, always do, my master would let me have something for myself. But I was wrong in my man, for he was none of that kind. He had taken me up as in distress, and his business was to keep me so, and make his market of me as well as he could, which I began to think of after a different manner than I did at first. For at first I thought he had entertained me in mere charity, 
upon seeing my distressed circumstances, but did not doubt but when he put me on board the ship I should have some wages for my service. But he thought it seems quite otherwise, and when I procured one to speak to him about it, when the ship was paid at Goa, he flew into the greatest rage imaginable, and called me English dog, young heretic, and threatened to put me into the Inquisition. Indeed, of all the names the four-and-twenty letters could make up, he could not have called me heretic, for, as I knew nothing about religion, neither Protestant from Papist, or either of them from a Mahometan, I could never be a heretic. However, it passed but a little, but, as young as I was, I had been carried into the Inquisition, and there, if they had asked me if I was a Protestant or a Catholic, I should have said yes to that which came first. If it had been a Protestant they had asked first, it had certainly made a martyr of me, for I did not know what. But the very priest they carried with them, or chaplain of the ship, as we called him, saved me. For seeing me a boy entirely ignorant of religion, and ready to do or say anything they bid me, he asked me some questions about it, which he found I answered so very simply, that he took it upon him to tell them he would answer for my being a good Catholic, and he hoped that he should be the means of saving my soul, and he pleased himself that it was to be a work of merit to him. So he made me as good a papist as any of them in about a week's time. I then told him my case about my master, how, it is true, he had taken me up in a miserable case on board a man-of-war at Lisbon, and I was indebted to him for bringing me on board this ship, that if I had been left at Lisbon I might have starved, and the like, and therefore I was willing to serve him, but that I hoped he would give me some little consideration for my service, or let me know how long he expected I should serve him for nothing. It was all one. Neither the priest nor anyone else could prevail with him, but that I was not his servant, but his slave, that he took me in the Algerine, and that I was a Turk, only pretended to be an English boy to get my liberty, and he would carry me to the Inquisition as a Turk. This frightened me out of my wits, for I had nobody to vouch for me what I was, and from whence I came. But the good Padre Antonio, for that was his name, cleared me of that part by a way I did not understand, for he came to me one morning with two sailors, and told me they must search me, to bear witness that I was not a Turk. I was amazed at them, and frighted, and did not understand them, nor could I imagine what they intended to do to me. However, stripping me, they were soon satisfied, and Father Antony bade me be easy, for they could all witness that I was no Turk. So I escaped that part of my master's cruelty. And now, 
I resolved from that time to run away from him if I could, but there was no doing of it there, for there were not ships of any nation in the world in that port, except two or three Persian vessels from Ormus, so that if I had offered to go away with him, he would have had me seized on shore and brought on board by force, so that I had no remedy but patience. And this he brought to an end, too, as soon as he could, for after this he began to use me ill, and not only to straighten my provisions, but to beat and torture me in a barbarous manner for every trifle, so that, in a word, my life began to be very miserable. The violence of this usage of me, and the impossibility of my escape from his hands, set my head a-working upon all sorts of mischief, and in particular I resolved, after studying all other ways to deliver myself, and finding all ineffectual, I say, I resolved to murder him. With this hellish resolution in my head, I spent whole nights and days contriving how to put it in execution, the devil prompting me very warmly to the fact. I was indeed entirely at a loss for the means, for I had neither gun or sword, nor any weapon to assault him with. Poison I had my thoughts much upon, but knew not where to get any, or, if I might have got it, I did not know the country word for it, or by what name to ask for it. In this manner I quitted the fact intentionally a hundred and a hundred times, but providence, either for his sake or for mine, always frustrated my designs, and I could never bring it to pass. So I was obliged to continue in his chains, till the ship, having taken in her loading, set sail for Portugal. End of section 1